Hey there, it's me, your Friday Night Lights Dungeon Master, Ben McAllister, just checking in on you up top here. I hope you've had a good week. So, as you can probably tell from the title, this is not a regular episode of HDW Laid. It is instead a recap of chapters 40 through 55, covering the space left between our last recap, which came out as chapter 39.5, and now. This is the last one of these recap episodes that we're going to do, because we're getting into the finale, so we really hope you enjoy it. Um, We just thought with the finale coming up, this might be some useful background, or maybe a reminder of some of the background, or sort of more critical plot details to help you enjoy the end of the show we've been making for the last couple of years. Uh, also, because we're idiots, we said a bunch of dumb stuff, and it was really fun to record, so hopefully it's fun for you to listen to as well. Uh, as we kind of mentioned at the end of the episode here... If everything goes according to plan, the first part of the finale will be up next week, at the end of next week, but uh, just keep your ears tuned to the feed. Uh, And the social media, of course. Um, So part of the joy of having this recap, of course, along with the others, in addition to you getting a catch-up on some of the important plot stuff, if you did want to share the show with a friend who's never heard it before, they could really just listen to the three recap episodes there are and then come right in on the finale fun with you as it comes out. One more thing I wanted to touch on, very exciting, we are running Curio's science communication live show slash podcast, The Uncertainty Principle, again at the Perth Fringe World Festival here in 2020. Taryn Lobenstein and I will be breaking down science in a fun and accessible way, we call it a edutainment experience, it's at the Perth Mess Hall on the 31st of January and the 1st, 7th and 8th of February at 6.30pm. It was really fun last year and yeah, we're just extremely excited to be getting back out there and talking about some cool science stuff. You can find all the details of that on the Curio social media profiles or just by googling The Uncertainty Principle Perth Fringe. Uh, Anyway, I won't take up any more of your time. Thanks as always for listening. Enjoy the recap. We'll be back at you with the finale ASAP. This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world, a world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, This is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Hello and welcome to HTW Laid, a look back at the past edition. It's a recap of the last 16 episodes of a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast for the Curio Network. It's occurring to me as I'm saying this that we probably don't actually need to do that much work introducing this, because if this is the first thing you're listening to, you've really fucked up. (laughs) You really, really, really should turn this off, jump back to the start of the RSS feed, listen to the little thing that's there that explains, like, which things you should listen to first, and then, you know, maybe, maybe you'll get here when you get here. Because what we're doing is recapping chapters 40 through 55 of the show. That probably means we can jump straight into our classic uh, previously on music. Uh, and just leave it running the whole time underneath, <laughs> just on loop. Yeah. 
Yeah, this whole episode. Oh no, be... no, I mean when we do the extended the road so far sequences and we right. have uh, yeah. carry on carry with, with some playing like the whole time. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay, cool. I, I love that. Um, well, I mean, my way with that's what it sounds like. And I've just done There'll a whole. Something <laughs> when you're done. I love that you don't even know the lyrics, and you're I like, used to. "This is going to be the way to set up this recap." <laughs> it's me. Yeah. Almost singing. It's been longer than I thought. What better way? It's a better way to recap the the tone of this show, if not the content. (laughs) Do you reckon you can tell from my audio that I have a piece of gum in my mouth? Um, Yeah, yeah. I'm going to isolate all the chewing and popping sounds and yeah, slurp them out and make them loud. Um, Oh, okay. You just swallowed your gum down your down your throat. That's what they like, isn't it? All right. Okay. We're losing track. This is not the the opening to the recap. Okay. All right. They've listened to two recaps already. I'm taking the reins. I'm taking the reins at this point. I'm just bracing them for the episode title they're about to be hit with. Yes. I'm taking the reins. So, I mean, look. Hello again, if you're listening. You've either listened to two recaps at this point, or you've listened to some combination of the show and recaps. You should know who we are, I suppose, but let's yeah. just introduce ourselves for the sake of it. I'm Ben McAllister, the regular time dungeon master of the show. Uh, I'm Jackson Newsid. I'm Jackson Newsid. I'm doing a Pete repeat thing oh, for like the recap. Like so. a Bojack Horseman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Very good. Go on. I'm uh, Thomas Wayward Son Owen. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Wayward by name, Wayward by nature. I didn't do a fun one this time because yeah. I thought we were just all business. I'm the most business. I'm business grace. So your business grace? grace? Your business grace. Yeah, I'm business grace, business chapel. More like a business disgrace, am I right? Hey, Is it's a business bigger. chapel like a mega church? Yeah, it's like Hillsong. <laughs> yeah. Hillsong. <laughs> 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 Come to me, like, my flock. Shill song, am I right? <laughs> yeah, hey Let's tuck in. Uh, so, the previous two recaps covered chapters 1 through 19, and then chapters 20 through 39, but we thought, given that we're heading into the finale, we figured it would be nice to just, like, slot you guys in with a, a little bit of a recap, even if you are up to date, of sort of some of the stuff that's happened between chapters 40 and 55. Yeah. So Should yeah. we just call the next episode Infinity War? Like, should I, we just, like, like, really dial in? And I already like, did this one, right? I was like, we'll call the previous episode of Infinity War, and then the next four episodes are all called Endgame Parts 1, Part yeah. 2, Part 3, and Part 4. But <laughs> what I think it's too late. We called all of the final ones, all of the finale episodes, the title of some other series finale. So we have, like, Endgame, we have the Deathly Hallows, and the last, we have whatever the hot the team film. What's that team thing? That team the hot thing. team thing. The hot, hot team, team thing. Yeah. Hunger Games. Twilight? How does it end? Yeah. <laughs> so old. Oh, we can put Breaking Dawn in there. Why I do I know that it. one and not The Hunger Games? What about um, if we did Breaking Bad and we called the last episode Felina? Ooh, which yeah. is just an anagram of finale that means nothing. Oh, that's spoilers for Breaking Bad. Wow, <laughs> it's a cracking start here. With yeah, our recapping our show and lots of others. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's jump right in. Chapter 40. I hope you guys are ready for the episode title. This is the infamous... Chapter 40, The Decency of Choking. So, <laughs> the, we're not going to talk I'm about joking. the title. The title, <laughs> the title means nothing, really. It was nothing. 
It was absolutely nothing. Uh, we're not going to do it. But we are going to talk about the content of that episode. Sure. So where we left off the last one, chapter 39, uh, is basically you guys had uh, run into Drasilia's little sister, Cerulea, on the road and decided you were going to take a detour to take her back to Hastings, the town where Drasilia and Cerulea grew up. It was all very mysterious. What's up with their past there? Blah, blah, blah. It seemed like they were very sort of... Uh, or Cerulea, at least, was very un... Uh, what would you say? Unworldly? She didn't know sort of Naive. the world. Yeah, yeah. Like all of the ins and outs yeah. of the world. Hot, but doesn't Basic? know it. Oh, sort of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we got there, we got to Hastings, where Drasilia was like, we're bringing you home, Cerulea, and then we're leaving. Because we learned that Cerulea had come to find Drasilia to be like, the town needs you, the town's in danger, and we need you home. Uh, you arrived, you saw a cohort of troops that were, like, marching in on the town and talking to, uh, who we later learn is Drasilia's ex-boyfriend, Trent, uh, Trent Allgood. Was it? Trent Allgood, I want to say? I know it was Trent. Uh, yep. it was the sort of head of the town guard. And Drasilia decided to just immolate the entire incoming company of the king's soldiers with a single fireball. Just killed them all, <laughs> straight up murdered them all. And that was the end of chapter 39. <laughs> And yeah. all the king's men couldn't put themselves back together again because they That's was true. burned. So chapter forty it was the a king, big... was it? Anyway, no, it was uh, it was Lord Standish, and the guy oh, that you right. burned up was the envoy to Lord Standish, who Lord was showing up. Standish Barandish. Yes, so Standish was standing there. Standish was standing. Oh God, this is going to take <laughs> hours. Standish was, was standing there, being like, "Hey." Uh, so, so we learn basically along the way that Hastings is a town that has been invisible for a really long time. It's been living in this magical bubble, but something has happened of late that's caused the bubble to falter, and Hastings has basically been discovered by Lord Standish, the man who owns the land on which the town of Hastings sits, and he's sending his envoys and his forces out to say, "You owe me," you know. 2,000 years of back taxes, essentially, for, for using this land. So he wants all this money, and Trent's there being like, well, you can't have it. I'm the head of our town militia. And then Drasilia came up and fucked everything up. So we meet Trent. Everyone's really shocked and horrified by the power that Drasilia has just shown them. But eventually they're like, well, I guess this will do in the meantime. Trent and the soldiers set about burying the bodies, whilst Cerulea and Drasilia head off to go meet with the mayor of town who well do you want to take it gracie who is the mayor of hastings uh she was enos helemian helemian being the last name of one drusilia yes but, um yeah man drusilia really shirked that responsibility of burying her dead yeah yeah she said it she was like you deal with these trends right. yeah if it was a fireball surely they'd already been cremated and scattered <laughs> yeah if anything it's a full service that drusilia provided yeah, they should thank me. I mean, yeah. really. I mean, yeah, I think they did really ultimately in the end. But uh, <laughs> at this point, it was sort of like a bit confronting, I guess. So, Don't you think uh, the, the decency of choking sounds like the lost Oscar Wilde play that never was? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you uh, have the right code and read all of his works in sequence, reading the right number of words from each sentence uh -huh. it's actually a hidden play amongst Within them play. I love that I love that yeah. and I love this all but we have to speed up or we're fucked <laughs> we've spent 10 minutes on the start of one episode that's actually the first line of Oscar Wilde <laughs> yeah wow good one okay 
So Drasilia and Cerulea go into the mayor's manor of Hastings where she has a big family reunion and we learn a bit about Drasilia's past, her responsibility. Meanwhile, what are the boys doing? What are Jody and Duncan do while that's going on? Do you guys remember? I think we just get drunk. Yeah, yeah, you just went to the local inn and just were like, well, we're not going to mess with Drasilia's family shit and just went and got fucking tanked. Meanwhile, Trent Allgood, self-appointed head of the town militia and the son of one of the major families within Hastings, came in to find you and was like, hey... You guys seem... Drinks on me. Yeah, drinks on me. You guys seem pretty fucking powerful. Will you help me defend the town when the time comes? And that all sort of happened in the bar. Yeah. Meanwhile, Drasilia was having a little family reunion. We can get a bit blurry with the episodes here. Like this episode and sort of the start of the next one. Yeah. We learned quite a bit about what Drasilia's past in Hastings was and sort of a bit about why she left and like what her responsibility was that Cerulea was trying to bring her back to accomplish. Like, rather than a specific revelation, it was more like, oh, the revelation was more to the audience and less for Dracilia, I think. It was more like, oh, this is your family. And then, like, the rest of the team being like, you go deal with that. We're going to get drunk. And that you'd inherit this clock tower responsibility. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. so Dracilia kind of left her hometown because she had this responsibility to protect the clock tower, um, which was sort of a mysterious sorceress point in the town. And um, then she... Ran away, hooked up with these blokes, and played hooky for a while. And <laughs> played. <that's> a, <laughs> how's that? Is that? <laughs> yeah. So Brasilia had always sort of had this mysterious past where she never really talked about where she was from. But we learned through this episode and sort of a bit of the next one that she was from this town called Hastings, which, as we've discussed, was a town in a bubble. It was it was literally invisible from the outside as a result of this sort of ancient, mysterious, magical clock tower that sits at the center of town and creates this energy bubble that keeps it hidden. Uh, there is a the way Hastings society works is it's a very open society. It's relatively small. I think we said like order of a thousand maybe two thousand people in these like series of families and they sort of obviously like intermarry between each other and it's like a relatively contained community and every generation they pick a new mayor of town basically out of one of those families at at the current period it seems to be that the mayor is Drasilia's family the Halimians and part of the reason that the Halimians may have been chosen is because this other thing within Hastings is there is always this once-in-a-generation sorcerer in the town who is the only person in town with magic powers, is just kind of born to having those magic powers, and they assume the responsibility of learning from the previous generation sorcerer how to sort of upkeep and maintain the clock tower to keep the whole town running. Drasilia obviously wasn't too happy with this responsibility and her mentor Thispera was trying to pass on the ways to sort of keep the clock tower running but Drasilia decided she was just going to fuck off and have an adventure basically, right? Leaving the town. Who was the, a who was the fucking pleb girl that was like, well, I'll take up the responsibility despite yeah. having no magical training? Now when you say the pleb girl, do you mean the girl who was like, our town's crumbling and no one's doing anything so why don't I try and fix it? Yeah, it's classic. Yeah, you know, a real pleb. plain Jane type. <laughs> no, but also it was definitely a political coup being organized by her father to get some political power in that town yeah so, so like, okay so you're, don't, you know you're jumping ahead a little bit but good because the next thing that happens Brasilia meets up with her family they get on her case a bit like her parents Enos and Clarence are sort of like what the fuck why did you leave Cerulea good job for bringing her back etc and so forth and um you know it's a bit of a family reunion type situation and then uh Enos the mayor tells Brasilia that there's a town meeting that evening to discuss what they're going to do Lord Standish is sending men in he wants taxes the bubble is faltering and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. So Drasilia goes to the bar, gets tanked with the boys for a couple hours, and then the three of them roll into the meeting together, and we meet some of the key players within town. There's this girl called Petunia, who is a childhood friend of Drasilia. 
Uh, and basically her family, the Jespersons, are sort of making a bit of a play. They're like, as Jackson alluded to, they're trying to gain some political clout in town by being like, well, the Halimians have obviously fucked it. Drasilia left. They left us in this situation. Our daughter Petunia has taken all of Thispera, who is Drasilia's former mentors, like books and notes and stuff, and, and tried to figure out how to save the clock tower. We should get some political power in town. We should let Petunia do it. And then Drasilia, I believe, suggests, why don't you just pay the man the taxes and have the town be open? And everyone is horrified. Uh, eventually, I believe, after a night of hard drinking and yelling, Drasilia agrees to take a look at the clock tower and see what she can do. And that's uh, <clears throat> close to the end of the episode. The next morning, they yep. approach the clock tower. and eyed and... Yeah, kind of a bit hungover. Over. <laughs> and uh, they can't get in the back of it because the door of it is locked. And they realize Drasilia has a memory, which is that it basically only opens when the hands on the clock are at a specific time yeah. of day. Which is convenient because Jody can just run up, verti- run up vertically. Yep. And so, uh, working around any potential puzzle that you would find then, yes. Jody just ran vertically up the clock tower and changed the hands to the uh, middle of the day. And then we're in, baby. Yeah, we're in, baby. So the door opened. You guys went downstairs, much to everyone's surprise. I remember getting a nice, like, surprise reaction on that one, being like, oh, going in this cocktail? Guess what? The stairs go down, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) And um, you ended up in this little room underneath the clock tower where you saw one of those cine copper throne barber chair things that you guys have seen before a couple of times. Drazilia sat in it and was immediately contacted by a crackly, faraway voice that said, Dandela, Dandela, please come in, is that you? That was the end of that episode. Um, That took a while. Mm. That was an exposition-heavy episode. (laughs) Now we're into the dungeon, uh, which is chapter 41. The title of the chapter, of course, being Fish Eat Rabbit, (laughs) where Drasilia is speaking through this throne thing to a mysterious crackly voice. Basically reveals that their name is Elva, which is a name that you guys believe you heard somewhere in a description of like ancient Cine stuff at some point in the past, and seems to think that the person speaking to her is someone called Dandela, another name that you've heard associated with Cine stuff in the past. Uh, you have a very weird conversation where Drasilia is kind of like, what do you want? And Elva's kind of like, oh, you're not Dandela. What the fuck are you doing? How did you get into the Temple of Silence? What's going on? Anyway, if you're really part of the Cine and you're really trying to help the Cine goals, then do the best you can there. I'm going to head to the next temple. And that's the end of that conversation that you guys have. You proceed through a temple, you do some challenges, Petunia's there with you along the way, because the implication being, you know, she she knows more about Thispera's notes, she's studied them pretty intently. Thispera, being the former sorcerer of the town, may have some information about how to get through the thing. Uh, you solve a bunch of puzzles... The reason this episode is called Fish Eat Rabbit is because there was an animal sequence puzzle that you guys had to solve. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Puzzles, puzzles, puzzles. Chapter 42, we arrive. I don't know if we said it, like, some point we figure out this is a temple, which we didn't necessarily know going in, right? Yeah, no, you absolutely didn't necessarily know going in. I imagine that was a yeah. big thing for Drasilia to realize that her hometown was basically sitting above a Sine temple, you know. So, surprise, yeah, one surprise. of the 10, 11? I can't remember. Uh, you don't really know how many temples. Yeah. Twelve pieces, sixty-nine, dude. Nice. Oh, yeah. um, okay, <laughs> so chapter forty-two, the Jody sandwich. Can't remember why it was called that one. Um, more puzzles. Chapter forty-two is big fight time. You guys are fighting those four robot automatons that you had to destroy in the right order, the order of yeah. the animal sequence from the previous thing. Didn't we get 
objects in this episode? You found some objects in this episode. That's exactly right. You eventually found yourselves in a room, a corridor. You had to like find your way through this malfunctioning locked door underneath the clock tower, and you were in this weird corridor that had stuff like little trinkets and objects. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you- there was a perfectly preserved sandwich which I ate. Thus, <laughs> the Jody sandwich. Indeed, indeed, yeah. indeed. Um, For any <clears throat> novice listeners, that didn't happen. <laughs> so uh, the, the three items that you guys found. Drazilia saw a chess board in the corner. Chess, of course, being the board game that was invented by the beautiful mind of Thomas Owen in this world, which is similar to our game of chess, but a little bit more fantastical. Uh, anyway, she sees this chess board and immediately has this vision memory thing of the same willowy elf figure that she kept seeing walking through the woods in all of her flashbacks, sitting at a table next to a man who was wearing a robe on his head, who also looked kind of familiar, when a third person walked into the room they were sitting there playing chess and basically said come on guys we gotta go that was Drazilia's flashback the next thing that happened was Jody saw this portrait of a woman standing in front of a window in the tower at Espera the place where he grew up down overlooking the courtyard that contained the great tree and he had this like weird memory flashback moment of standing in that room at the top of the tower looking at this woman out the window it was like a a portrait that had been painted Mm. clearly and I believe you took the portrait because did, you were yeah. interested in uh, who the lady was in it, and yeah. spoilers, spoilers, interested spoilers. in an academic sense. Yeah. Jody wasn't you like took it for research. Yeah. No, yeah, it was research, <laughs> academic research. There's no euphemism. It's academic research. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. The woman in the portrait is the same willowy elf woman from Drazilia's visions, but uh, you know, Drazilia didn't realize that at the time. She was busy in her own headspace and blah blah blah. Uh, Dun Khan saw a chunk of stone that triggered a memory for him of his life in Snakesbane Spring, the town we learned he went to as a young man, as a sort of, I guess you'd say, refugee from his original hometown, which was a quarrying town, sat atop a quarry, and there was always stories within the town in the time that he was there of the quarry people uncovering something weird, some weird old stone doorway with this rune carved into the top of it. And seeing this stone with the same rune carved into it threw this memory into Duncan's mind. And the next thing that happened was you guys were like, oh, that's weird, let's keep going. And then you heard some banging and clattering and, ah, hello, behind you. And spoiler alert, it was Cerulea. She followed you guys into the temple. Uh, But now we're in chapter 43, the Hemsworth dream. Gracie, do you want to do a Hemsworth dream? Tell us why chapter 43 was called the Hemsworth dream. Do I have to tell the dream? No, just the broad strokes of it. The ins and outs of it, if you will. (laughs) Chris Hemsworth featured in a dream. I don't think it had any plot relevance, but maybe we just discussed it. We did discuss it. I think it was important for (laughs) listeners. It was a real life dream that Grace Chapel had. Yes, not one of the visions. (laughs) And then you all remember Chris Hemsworth, a beautiful man. Yeah. No. Okay. So Cerulea is like, hey, I followed you guys in here because Drusilla was so adamant about leaving again, which was something that she said when she was uh, talking to her parents after fixing the clock tower, she was going to leave. And Cerulea was like, we need someone else in town who understands how this shit works. So I brought myself along just to sort of prevent this from happening in future. The next thing that happened, you guys are continuing along, all of you together now, and you arrive. Actually, Cerulea was stuck on the other side of a door from you guys, and she was just hanging out there waiting for you guys to come get her on the way back, a door that you couldn't open, and you found a chute in the side of a wall, 
and like a progress bar above the next door you wanted to go through. And you figured out relatively quickly that you all had to put like an item that was precious to you in that chute in order to get the door to open. So uh, you guys gave up some stuff. I can't, do you guys remember what you gave away? Yeah, Jody's cologne. Yeah. Jody gave away his jump water. That's yeah. right, his eau de jump. Uh, Jazilia dropped My- in her bowler hat? My bowler hat. Yeah, Jazilia loved that hat. And what did Duncan exactly. give away? I think it was one of the randomly generated trinkets yeah, that your character like starts with that I may have never like quite dagger. ascribed actual meaning to, but yeah. it was like, this probably technically counts. Yeah, I mean, and one eight dwarven brooch, it's like, a, th- those trinkets I like to view as little plot breadcrumbs. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know what? Did I put in the ashes of... A fallen hero. <laughs> yes, that's right. You did. No, Which it was, was the ashes of my sorcerer. Yeah, um, that, that, that's right. So we decided for whatever reason that Drazilia's trinket, which was the ashes of a fallen hero, uh, were the ashes of her mentor, Whisperer, <laughs> that she had somehow acquired. <laughs> Just popped in there. Yeah, popped in there and stole them. Um, and yeah, so because Cerulea was in the temple, you had to give up more stuff in order to get through uh, because the progress bar was a sort of per-person inside temple thing. Then you guys did that, you went up in an elevator, and you found yourself in an extremely ancient Cine library, where you guys did some digging around. And we had a bit of a plot mechanic here, where I was like, alright, based on everything you've heard, each of you can ask me a question, and then roll an investigation check, and based on the quality of that check, you either will or won't uncover much of the stuff you want to know about. Um, The questions that were asked... What are the pieces, pieces of, the pieces you guys were chasing down? We quickly learned that they were pieces of a large focus gem, which was this sort of a <clears throat> magical focus gem that the Cine had created over many years of research, which had some kind of relatively dangerous powers that some of the Cine started to become afraid of and others wanted to use and harness. And yeah, people, that, that's what you learned from that. Uh, the question, how was Maleficus, the leader of the Cine, how was he defeated last time? And you received sort of information that maybe he wasn't killed, but was instead locked away somewhere. And what is Maleficus's plan? You guys didn't really know. Something to do with the focus gem. I think it was a lot of bad roles. I think the one that actually was decent was <laughs> what actually happened to Maleficus last time. Yeah. Which is why we got, yeah. we got like, the whole mortality thing yeah, and that yeah. he was actually trapped away. Yeah, that's Something true. which we would uncover later. Yes. In like 10 episodes time. So get excited for that. Yeah. But we re- recap that in like five minutes. <laughs> Just a little, little, uh, little yeah. tension builder. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, we okay. can recap this moment where you built out to it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I can't wait. I hate that. Um, okay. Chapter 44. Spice Club 7. <laughs> also an episode that I don't remember why it was called that. Probably... Really? It was just an especially spicy episode. Uh, Accelerating along, this episode, you guys took the elevator up to the top floor of the clock tower, where uh, you were basically attacked by a large invisible creature that there were these big down lights on the roof, and there were creating strips of light on the floor, and when the creature was standing within those lights, you couldn't see it, making it, you know, a little bit harder to fight. You eventually defeated it. The interesting things about this room... The walls of the room were ringed with 12 stained glass windows containing portraits of 12 figures that we now know are the apostles. Yeah. (laughs) The who? The 12 apostles. Yeah, right. The 12 apostles. That's right. We now know are, of course, the 12 Cine. And they had nameplates under them. I'm not going to read out the names all now, but... We've heard them several times between now and then. Just another tension builder. We'll put their 12 yeah. names in the envelope the, uh, that we'll send to one listener. <laughs> <laughs> Enter our name 
sheet of paper with names hastily scrolled on a competition. You're, yeah, okay. Uh, the other thing. All you have to do to enter is send us your list of your 12 favourite names. Uh, okay, so the next thing that was in the room was this weird, intricate sort of uh, hourglass mechanism. It was this like combination of like bulbs of glass and intricately wrought copper armature. And there was a piece inside it. It looked like the function of it was that the piece works its way down through this like glass and copper armature thing and ends up in a tray at the bottom. I always imagine that like you know those um those little uh, apparatuses you get for like a, a cold brew, like a cold drip yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Kinda like that. Like sort of like a lot of like spirals <laughs> and drips and draps and you know. Yeah, you know, and traps. there was like a, a piece sitting in there. The thing that you figured out was that this contraption powered the clock tower and the piece needed to basically be brought back up to the top and it would sort of slowly work its way down. But as long as it was doing that, the clock tower would continue to be powered and the bubble would continue to function. Yeah, uh, you guys had to make the decision whether you were going to take the piece and damn the town or force it to be open at least or whether you were going to reset the clock tower and leave a piece behind. But before you could really get around to making that decision, Jody looks out the window, sees a rising column of smoke. It's an approaching army. It's the force of Lord Standish. They've come back from war after Drazilia blew up their envoy. Here we go. Uh, Duncan and Jody run downstairs. Drazilia stays around to try and... I think, I think Jody actually jumps out the window. Yeah, jump out the window and then because of the weird magic yeah. that was on the clock tower got sort of spliced. Yeah. yeah, splinched out yeah. of the wall. Yeah. And then just like... Like, sort of, like, the draw distance caught up, and, like, Joey just sort of, like, <laughs> shimmied out of a, out of a solid yeah. wall. Bethesda his way down the tower. <laughs> oh, Todd, um, destroy me. Yeah, Todd. Uh, yeah, so that was the end of Chapter 44, Spice Club 7. Uh, okay, Chapter 45, The Battle of Hastings. I had to, okay? I just had to do yeah. The Battle of Hastings. Fuck me, all right? So, basically, Drazilia's up in the clock tower. Petunia's there, like, put the piece back. Put the bubble back up. They won't be able to find us. They won't be able to attack us. We'll be fine. Drazilia's like, nah, fuck that. I'm taking the piece. She solves the puzzle of how to open the thing, takes the piece. Uh, the boys have already left to try and pre- prevent the town from dying. Jody and Duncan are like mounting a defense. They're getting Trent together. They're getting the best forces they can. And they're dealing with this like approaching force. Uh, a force like a scout army shows up first. And they're like, oh, we can take these like farming people with no military experience. They charge in. Little do they know, the boys are there. Jody and Duncan defend the town from horseback. And at the very last gasp, Drazilia makes her way out of the tower, having solved the peace thing, shapeshifts into a dragon, <laughs> flies over, scorches a bunch of people, and then flies off towards the horizon. And that's pretty much everything that happened in Chapter 45, The Battle of Hastings. And we figure out that actually Drazi can't do that, and so it'll never happen again. <laughs> Look... What are you talking about? The way magic works, it's empowered by emotion and that sort of thing. And, you know, (laughs) defending her childhood home. Right. Uh, The next episode, after the Battle of Hastings, Drazilia, the dragon, flies off to confront the rest of the bulk of the approaching forces of... Uh, Standish. So she's there in dragon form. She has a little powwow with Lord Standish, who, to everyone's surprise, fun reveal, is actually a teen. He's a teen lord. He's the boy oh, king. Yeah. Oh, I forgot and, about that. Uh, he's on a, a palanquin. One of those things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A real, uh, uh, what's his name? Robin of, uh, you know, Game yeah, of Yeah, Robin, Robin Aaron of the Veil. Have By which you mean he gets extremely hot? We've all, we've all moved on from, I think, Game of Thrones. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, Drazilia basically... Oh, so on her way out of the clock tower in the previous episode, Drazilia stumbled through, like, a room full of riches, which was, like, all the shit people have been putting through that slot in the clock tower to gain access to the elevator for, like, however many years. And she was like, 
oh, we could use that to pay off the taxes. And basically, that's the agreement that they land on. Uh, Drasilia negotiates with Lord Standish that they're going to pay the taxes and some money for the murder of his envoy and everything. <laughs> they, they, go, they dither on the prize for a while. Standish arrives in town. The boys are there. They've set up a, a, a force in case things go wrong. They're ready for things to kick off. But ultimately, uh, the, the high charisma of Drasilia Olivian uh, in dragon form wins the day. And uh, <laughs> they, they take their riches and they fuck off. And then you guys leave town, right? Like, Drasilia has a little farewell with her family. Um, Cerulea is like, I'm going to go out on my own and make my own way in the world. And then you guys headed off because you got a message from Garrick that was like, hey, we're all at Espera. Uh, because all of like the, your friends, like Alvar and Garrick and the refugees, had all moved to Espera to create enough room for all of the refugees and everything. Uh, and you guys were like, all right, cool, we'll go catch up with you. So you guys left and started heading to Espera. And that episode ended with a little bit of a, a, a look at what happened in Hastings after you guys left, which was like Enos giving a speech about how there's a new day in Hastings, the town is open, everyone should go and be a part of the world. And Cerulea was leading the first expedition out of the town. So chapter 46 was the one where you negotiated, sorry, with Standish. That's I'll fight the goat every time. All right, no, Tom should say this one. Chapter 47, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 47's title? Uh, It's called He's Not a Werewolf, He's My Backstory. What do you know? (laughs) It's a really good title. Yeah, a true fact about this episode. So you guys basically make it to Hastings. uh, Sorry, make it down to Espera. You had a look at some of the gear that you got out of the Clock Tower's storage room along the way. Some cool new magic items that help you do shit. And uh, then you get to Espera and you reconvene with your friends. Garrick's there. Andrea's there. Alvin Nettleford's there. Elena, the the lady that you guys kidnapped uh, relatively early on in the campaign who now works with you guys, is there. All the refugees are there. We all jump into a fountain together. Yeah. I was like, wow, why are we jumping into a fountain? I was pretty relieved when you mentioned the couch. Yeah, David Schwimmer is there for some reason. Swimming around. <laughs> yeah, swimming around in the fountain. Um, you guys all sit down at a meeting table and basically recap what you know at this point. You, you talk about like the fact that you spoke to a woman who was named Elva. We read out like the names of all the Cine that have been found both on the nameplates in the clock tower and also in Alva's further study of the various texts and stuff that you've brought back over time. Um, we basically learned that like the person you were sp- speaking to was claiming to be Elva, which seems kind of impossible because that's one of the Cine. You understood the Cine who have been around several thousand years ago. Um, you sort of recap all of the temples that you know about, Temple of Life that you went through, which was Hasselback, the Temple of Knowledge that you went through, which was back in the Ashwood, Temple of Sea, which is the one with the fish people, the Temple of Silence, the one you've just been in, the ones you don't know about. Oh, the Temple of Death, which you learned was probably Espera itself at one yeah, point. Yikes. Um, the Temple of Sea, of course, is where I nabbed my little baggie of drain. Yeah, that's still kicking around. I don't think I've forgotten oh, about sure. it. Yeah. Um, but the temples of uh, and the temple of sand, uh, Alvar revealed, was probably a ruin that uh, Valeria visited many, many you know months before you guys even became a part of this thing. Uh, but the ones you don't know about are sky and snow, hitherto unknown. And as you guys are sort of sitting around, like thinking about what can Maleficus's plan be, it seems like Maleficus is back. Seems like he might be moving to do something, and you need to get the pieces and try and stop him. 
Alba's sort of like, oh, we've got a bit of a bead on where the Temple of Sky is, but then, whoop, whoop, alarm siren sound, because what's that? It's an approaching army approaching the front gate, the newly repaired front gate of Espera. You guys seem to just move from place where there's an army attacking you to place where there's an army attacking you. It's it feels much like they're coming for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere you go, the army's soon to follow. Um, so you guys stand on the ramparts, you see this uh, army approaching, and that's the end of chapter 47. Hey, are we petrol? Or more just like crude oil. Why is that? Because if we're there, the army's coming. (laughs) Incredible. Hot take. Chapter 48. The Resurrected (laughs) Chapter. Why was this called The Resurrected Chapter? This isn't one of the chapters that got eaten by demons and we had to re-record. That was much earlier in the show. Why did we call this The Resurrected Chapter? Was it late? I think we like recorded a whole episode and then one of the tracks got lost or something. That's right. And we had to rely mm-hmm. on yeah. your audio pickup like on my microphone or something. Oh yeah. At some point like your audio got fucked. Yeah, it was it was bad. That's right. Audio's a little janky on this one. Maybe give this one a skip. Uh, What happens in chapter 48? Basically the army approaches, their commander comes out and he's like, "Hey, let us in, let's talk, we'll let you guys go, you've just got to turn over your pieces, and you were like, no, fuck you, and he was like, well, I'll give you five minutes to reconsider, in which time you make a plan. As you guys are making that plan, it turns out that that guy who was sort of like their negotiator was just a front for a really unhinged-looking Esme, who comes out of the wagon, she's Very like, cooler. she's crazy-eyed, she's all like, turn over the pieces now, or everything's fucked, give me those pieces, um, and she's got... A hostage with her, who is Marcus, the guy that was traveling with you from Hasselback's group. Questionably attractive half elf. Yes, a questionably attractive half elf. He was attractive. Yeah, we learn now that he was super fucking hot. He was the Hemsworth dream. And um, (laughs) then he basically, she's like, here, he's going to tell you, you just need to give us the pieces and everything's going to be fine. He's like, run, don't give him the pieces. Esme assassinates Marcus before the gates of Espera in front of you guys, and basically it all kicks off. She's like, raid the town, kill them, take the pieces, fuck it all up. And you guys have in this time orchestrated Garrick and Andrea and Alvar and Elena all escaping via the web obelisk in the basement of Espera, whilst you guys are basically holding the gate, just the three of you. Jody jumps down into the fray to go try and get Esme specifically. Duncan goes after their military leader guy, as far as I recall, and Drazilia's just fucking dropping AoE spells everywhere she can. Uh, eventually, uh, Drazilia, one of the things that you found in the clock tower back at Hastings was one of these necklaces that you've seen Valeria and Esme both use to oh. tell teleport away at different times so you realize that you've got that you might be able to use it to teleport and uh you guys are deciding like we're going to hold them off long enough and then we're going to teleport away meanwhile your sending stones all crackle to life and you get another message from this mysterious voice that you heard inside the clock tower at hastings that basically says what the fuck are you doing get out of there you can't let them get the pieces so meanwhile esme's like give me your pieces you don't understand if maleficus doesn't have all the pieces when he tries to do what he's trying to do it's going to be really bad for everyone and you guys are like nope fuck that jody goes after esme nearly gets her she teleports away eventually you guys decide it's time to, to bug out after you, you've, you've delayed them long enough and you guys teleport using Valeria, uh, Drillia's necklace into the web. And that's the end of that episode. You guys are just in the web. It's a pretty lit episode. If you can get It is a pretty lit episode, episode actually. Stuff. It's extremely lit. Chapter 49, The Web Storm. You guys are in the web. You don't know where you are in the web, though, because Drazilia didn't know how to control the necklace. She just activated it, and you guys just fucking end up in the web <laughs> somewhere. And <laughs> then... 
A web, a Cine web transport tube rockets along the horizon, pulls up in front of you, springs open, and it's being remotely controlled. It's empty. You guys pile in, you're sending stones like, hey, come on up, we need your help. And you guys basically travel through the web, and pretty much this is a travel episode. You guys are just like healing up. Uh, Get through a storm. You end up at a, yeah, so you, you have a couple of visions, which are sort of like, yeah, I have a question about this um, episode description, Ben. Go it on. says, Duncan has a cheese dream. Drazilia has a dot, 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 regular dot, dot, dot dream. And Jodie's got mail. What was my dream? Okay, I'm pretty... Yeah, so Drazilia had just one of her regular old Cine dreams as you guys are rocketing through the web where she saw a vision of 11 figures walking down oh, some corridors yeah. moving towards uh, a door at the end. She saw uh, Dandela and Elva and Deva, the sort of three Cine whose images she's come to be a bit more familiar with over time amongst those 11, and they were heading towards a, a door. Uh, and, and all seeming pretty concerned. Duncan, when they, they move past like a half-destroyed obelisk, and Duncan has this memory vision thing of like basically two people constructing the obelisk, and he sees one of them wearing this pair of gloves that he found underneath the clock tower in Hastings, and like them giving them the strength to like lift up pieces and create this obelisk. And then Jody gets a message from Garrick, which is like, oh, hey, by the way, we all got out of here, but when we were uh, sort of setting up Espera, we found a package for you from someone called Tress who eagle-eyed listeners will remember was Jody's kind of mentor, kind of friend at Espera once upon a time. That was chapter 49, the, uh, the web storm. Uh, the reason it was called the web storm is because eventually the, uh, the tube that you're in pulls to a close at the beginning of this like massive, for lack of a better description, storm in the web that seemed to be obscuring your vision. Um, and so inside the storm, it was like silence. You couldn't hear anything. It was like raining little like sort of like diamondy sort of things and like you know like the surface of Neptune and Bernie you know. Sanders was there <laughs> okay um does it have any any reason for that one or? I'm just trying to up his media presence <laughs> <laughs> Bernie 2020 oh, baby Tom, you've killed me. <laughs> oh, that was so fucking funny. Okay. Um, okay. Fantastic. Chapter 50, uh, Bernie Sanders, Joe Rogan interview. Check it out. Uh, chapter 50, much ago about nothing. <laughs> Gotta say, we've gotten pretty good with some of these episode titles. I'm very into much ago about nothing. Um, okay. Chapter 50, much ago about nothing. You guys progress through the webstorm. You arrive at the obelisk in the middle of this webstorm. It's an obelisk that will transport you out of the web back into the material plane. And boom, there's a big horrifying goo monster sitting at the base of the obelisk. That's why it's called Much Ago About Nothing. Uh, you guys fight it. It, like, fucking at one point, like, smacks Drazilia back into the webstorm. And she, like, gets, like, stuck in there for a little bit. You guys eventually uh, take it down. You level up. And then you guys pass through the obelisk. And as you get through the obelisk, you arrive back in the material plane in a subterranean space that you don't recognize. And who's that leaning against the wall, looking relatively wounded? Why, 
It's your old friend Valeria. Shut the fuck up. Someone you haven't seen. Someone you haven't seen since chapter two of this very story. Teleported away from a caravan, taking a mysterious man in black and a bunch of soldiers with her. And saving you all. We're into it now. Um, We're into chapter 51, Secrets and Switches. Uh, you guys run into Valeria. She's basically like, hey, guess what? Uh, I survived when I used the necklace to teleport away. It took me through the web to someplace far away. Doesn't matter. We can talk about that later. Right now, we're in the Temple of Sky. It's the last Sine temple. I've linked up with Elva, one of the Sine who's been talking to you. She's further through the temple. We were progressing through it as far as we could, but we eventually got stuck. We got to a point that we couldn't get through, just the two of us, and we needed some help, so we figured we would uh, call you guys up out of the woodwork, as it were. Um, let's get moving. Basically, you start moving through the temple oh the other thing that happens in this episode and most of the episodes from here chapter 51 to now is the start of them we did away with our traditional like episode recap and put in some vo that kind of like fills in the backstory of valeria like what happened to valeria between basically chapter uh, chapter two and chapter 50 like it's a bit of story about how she teleported to this like place in the sand that she'd been to before which turns out it was like the temple of sand she just like she sort of whipped through the web, being pursued by this mysterious man in black who, like, raked this big wound across her leg, and eventually she ended up in the Temple of Sand. She spent a bit of time there recovering, gathering her strength. She found another sort of, like, deposit of scrolls and books where she learned a lot about the Sine, and then eventually, like, decided that she needed to go to the next temple, which she did. And that's essentially how she got here, and she met up with Elva along the way. We kind of get a bit of that backstory in between this chapter 51 and chapter 55, which has just come out, and just caught us up with her story. Anyway, uh, so you guys walk through with Valeria. You have a bit of a chat about things with her. She tells you the stuff I just said. She met up with Elva. They're here in the temple. And eventually you arrive at this big door uh, where Duncan, having leveled up into Ranger, has learned a new language, which is he can kind of read the Sine language. And he reads the Sine language above this large door that says, those who wish to know the secrets of the Sine must give up a secret of their own. And you guys have to go into this little recording booth on the side of the uh, like main large door, and each of you give up a secret. Interesting things here. Duncan gave away a piece of tactical information that he deemed a secret, very on character. He said, and this was true, we forgot to mention this by the way, Garrick and Alvar and Andrea and the refugees were heading to Hastings, given that Esper was no longer safe for them, and our heroes had just believed that they'd just made Hastings relatively safe, they were like, go there, they'll take care of you. So they're on their way there, Duncan gives that away as his secret. Jody said something that we didn't get to hear, something that... Maybe we'll come up in the, the later bits of the story. I guess we'll find out. And Drazilia said something truly heartwarming, which is that she... Well, I don't know, Gracie. What did she say? Drazilia said that she plays tough, but actually she loves Duncan and Jody. There you go. Very sweet. Yeah. Which is also character building. Yeah. And Valeria... I kind of wish you'd be able to say it to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a secret. <laughs> no. And, uh, yeah, so, so we, the audience, got to hear that, but... Duncan and Jody did not. And Valeria went in there and also barreled you guys and said, I have a good reason to believe that Valeria is of Sine descent. And sorry, Drazilia is of Sine descent. <laughs> yep. Fuck him up every time. <laughs> fuck him up, fuck him up, fuck him up. Okay, so chapter 51, that was that. The door opened. You guys proceeded through. Oh, that wasn't it, was it? There was a 
fight scene here. Yes, there was. So you guys moved through to a room where there was like a, a, a pillar of stone and a little basin in the middle of the room and these four switches in the corners. And you were like, all right, let's activate these switches. You all walked over to activate the switches. As you did, stone golems came out of the walls, fucked you guys up for a little while. Eventually you defeated the stone golems, activated all the switches, and this massive column of light energy protruded out of the roof, smashed into the basin, and when it dissipated, there was a gem sitting in the basin. Meanwhile, you guys had a flashback of 12 figures this time rather than 11. All of you experienced this vision walking together through a subterranean space with one figure walking a bit ahead, seeming kind of more excited than the others. Then you go into this room, you have this thing where you create this gem, then you walk out of the room. Uh, chapter 52, which was called Perfectly Synchronized Violence. <laughs> that's a good title also. We were doing well here for a while. Um, that's a future arm reference, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, so chapter 52 opens with some more Valeria backstory. I kind of ran through it. It's, you heard the gist of it. She ended up by herself for a while in the sand and then met up with Elva. So chapter 52, you guys walk through into the next chamber, the puzzle chamber, and this robot automaton version of Duncan materializes. Uh, it's coming over. It's trying to get the big gem out of your guys' hands that you guys have been holding onto. Uh, and there's another sort of like... Base, oh, it's not a basin, actually. It's a, it's, a, it's a pyramid on the ground and an inverted pyramid coming down from the ceiling with switches on all four sides of it. The robot is trying to get at the sort of gem thing that you guys are holding onto. You guys are fighting the robot. Eventually, I think you did a very cool maneuver where Jody like, hockey smashed it off the ground such that it went exactly in between the two pyramids in the same round as everyone activated the switches. Well, and then Drazilia caught it using That's Mage right. Hand. Drazilia yeah. caught the gem using Mage Hand. It was some real Mighty Ducks bullshit. I yeah, 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 yeah. I had something cool too. Oh, I just yeah. can't remember what it was. You were murdering the robot. <laughs> <laughs> that was going sure on. I wasn't pulling switches? I'm pretty sure you, you impaled yeah, the robot on a switch. Oh, is yeah. that one? Maybe that was the previous one. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you activate the switches. Another blinding light emanated between these two pyramids, and the large gem shattered into 12 smaller gems that spread to the far corners of the room, and the Duncan robot disintegrated. Okay. Chapter 53, The Fog of Lost Souls. So, you guys, including Valeria, have finished destroying this Duncan robot. You've shattered this gem into 12 pieces. And then, as you get up to leave, you're walking through a corridor, you have a series of rapid visions. Some of them are visions you've seen before, some of them are new. You see 12 figures standing in a boardroom, two on one side and 10 on the other. There's this tension in the room that's thick like a fog. Dandela is standing on the side with 10. She shakes her head and then she walks out, the remainder of the party following her. Uh, except for Elva and Maleficus. Then we see a figure bent over a basin at a desk, casting hand gestures into it and seeming like they're uh, very intently focused on what's going on, whilst another figure stands over their shoulder looking concerned. Then we see a repeat of the vision that Drazilia saw before, 11 people walking down a corridor towards a room at the end with an air of fear and determination. Then we saw a period of staticky darkness thrumming with violent energy and an aura of pain, culminating in a single orb of light at the center, shattering into pieces. Then, after a period of darkness, we saw a series of visions, some of which again we've seen before, of people alone. A man at Espera looking out from the window sadly. Two people in the foothills south of Carthus City hugging goodbye sadly. A man paddling a boat up a channel. You guys once paddled a boat up yourselves. Three figures walking arm in arm into the Ashwood. A woman walking up to some cliffs in a distant alien landscape. A tall man gathering armfuls of books and tomes. A lady walking alone through the sand. And finally, Dandela walking through the woods. Uh, and that was most of chapter 53. 
Then, oh, it actually, it actually wasn't most of chapter 53. You guys arrived at a corridor where you guys had to split up. Each of you had to go into one separate direction, and it was sort of a fog of lost souls type scenario. When you walked down the corridor, you were confronted with visions of the time that you each felt the most alone. Can we get a quick recap from each of you of what that time was? Yeah, uh, for Jody, it was the uh, second day after the massacre at uh, Espero. So he sort of woke up, realized, oh no, it's still this hellscape, and I'm still running, and great. Um, so that was, yeah, Jody's personal experience. Yeah, right. And then everyone had to take like a wisdom save to see whether the memory of the time they felt most alone would um, cause them to have disadvantage on the, the following challenge. Uh, what was Duncan's most alone memory? I can only assume it had something to do with the mutiny against the chap who is not a werewolf, but in fact his backstory. <laughs> It was after Duncan had defended the werewolf from his battle brothers and he was yep. being praised and like promoted and like given a medal for his bravery, yep. but was like ultimately conflicted about his motivations and yeah. the things he'd done. I'm Himmler. Uh. Yeah. And then Drazilia's <laughs> memory was what, Gracie? I think it was the first night after she ran away from home and she was just sitting in a bar by herself. She was sitting in a bar surrounded by people, but feeling desperately alone. Oh. Yes. Yeah, and Drazilia actually took the um, damage. She, it hit her the hardest. Yes, absolutely. So uh, <laughs> as that episode ended, you guys got a message uh, from Garrick basically saying that Hastings was not a safe place to be and that, in fact, the werewolf, Duncan's former military commander and his very backstory, was on his way. <laughs> so chapter 54, only two more, and then we're up to date. I mean, really, all of these last chapters, we've been blowing through a lot of the denser narrative of the show. Yes. <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you are liking this, I would honestly recommend probably 50 through 55. Just go give them a spin. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe rather than uh, allowing us to unpack the story for yeah, you. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I think particularly, like, if, if we're, like, and who knows what, like, exact total number's going to be, but if we're looking at, like, sub-60 or around yeah, then, yeah. and we're in the next three or four going to wrap it, yeah. maybe you can listen to, like, the, like, 50s, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's probably, I, like, a, say, a reasonable amount to sort of invest in. Everything from 50, well, 51, actually. 51's when you guys enter the Temple of Sky and Valeria's there. Everything from there, you could probably just listen to. A lot of stuff happens in those episodes. Some people only have a few hours left, though. Yeah. Let's be real. Okay. That's true. Chapter 54, King Killer Kama Sutra, which is a reference to... All of the sex in the King Killer novels. Google Patrick Rothfuss and all the worst things he's ever committed to <laughs> paper. paper. I cut so much of that material. But anyway, doesn't matter. So yeah, I can't not recommend that enough. Yeah. <laughs> don't Google it. Yeah. Uh, so you guys talk to Garrick. Actually, you don't because you guys are all still separated from each other and you don't really want to say much over the Sending Stones. Basically, Garrick explains the werewolf is coming to Hastings and they are going to have to try and defend them. Duncan is like, leave, get the fuck out of there. And Garrick is like, no, I won't. I have to make sure everyone else escapes. And Duncan's like, fine, whatever. I'm a grumpy boy, but that's what I would do. And then each of you had your own challenge. I don't think we'll go into them in too much detail. Um, Duncan's involved repairing like a dummy of an obelisk and then using it to teleport. Jody's involved like a, a whomping willow-esque version of the great tree at Espera that he had to like dodge the branches of and climb to the top of. And Drazilia's involved a sort of like dummy mock-up of the clock tower at uh, Hastings that seemed to be, like, 
malfunctioning, the Chianta repair. So that's the end of chapter 54. We're through to chapter 55, currently titled, If it nicks, we can kill it. I love how I say currently. Currently, yeah. Like, yes, you know, back, this yeah. one, this one I'm going to do my re-release. It's going to be my George Lucas re-release. Anyway. Chapter um, 55, special edition. Now yeah. Boba Fett's in the background. Jabba yeah. Hutt CGI. Yeah. Babu Frick's in the mix. Hey, hey! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if we Nick can kill us you know what I mean yeah. changing the order of yeah, yeah. first uh, Dukan chopped first yeah that's gonna be the yeah anyway it'll be called Ch- episode 55 episode 4 <laughs> chapter 55 if it nicks we can kill it this is the most recent episode you guys proceed out of your challenge rooms you reconvene you're all like okay Valeria's there she's like Elva's in the next room Let's do it. You guys walk through and boom, you meet Elva, the last of the Cine. She's this strangely alien looking elvish woman. And she's basically like the filling in of the gaps of the story that we've slowly been piecing together through visions and artifacts and things over the last, you know, 54 episodes. I'm actually going to say like, do go listen to at least the first half of this episode because like there's a whole half hour conversation where you guys asked what you want to know about how it all panned out with the Cine all those years ago. And she basically tells you, which will play a lot better for you if you just listen to it rather than <laughs> just reading my sheet of notes to say, then she tells them about this, then she tells them about this, then she tells them about this. I love that this recap gradually became a, don't you dare listen to a recap. Yeah, I do. Yeah, like, it's like Look, we'll recap, we'll recap episodes 40 through 55. And what we mean is we'll recap episodes 40 through 50 and then progressively become more and more irate. set in the fact that, that you, you should just must. listen stop <laughs> listening to this recap and go listen to the fucking episodes, you lazy piece of shit. It's not that. It's not that. <laughs> uh, it's really not about being lazy. It's about a rich experience of the audio narrative. And I would say, we said before, 51, 55... Even if you weren't going to do that, just listen to 55. Yeah. Because 55 is like, it's the la- it's the, it's the setup episode for the finale, which is what's coming next. See what I, I do for you, audience? I haggled them down. You now have to listen to <laughs> no, one I episode. Think, I think, like, though, in terms of, like, richness of storytelling, obviously, episode one, a lot of great stuff there. I'd really just, like, work through... I would actually listen to episode one and episode 1.5. Yeah. Some of it will be overlap, but you get just greater depth, seeing yeah. how different things can be cut together yeah. or not. It's yeah. a real insight into the editing process. Okay. And I think that's fun. Let's 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 slap a ribbon on if this. If you want to get all of the in jokes that happen along the way, you should uh, listen to most of the episodes of Still Interested as well. Yep. Well, and the, then the canonical order yeah. is you listen to chapters one through twenty of Ancient of Laid, then all of Still Interested, then twenty to forty, then you go back and listen to Odds and Ends. <laughs> yeah. Then you've got to pick up forty. If you've got, if you've got a couple of weeks sure there, I'd burn through all the Big Bang Theory because that's essentially like as close to a companion <laughs> of the show as you find. That's the well, after show. Also, <laughs> gonna want to read half the novels written by Stephen King. And all of them by Method Riley. Also, <laughs> you're gonna want to read Lord of the Rings. Stephen King's work, Matthew Lord of the Riley, Flies, get Game of Thrones down. A little bit of Game of Thrones. You're probably going to want to duck into, let's be honest, King Killer. Yeah. King Chris Killer Hemsworth's Chronicle. Wikipedia page. Um, yeah. Del Toro Quest, if you really want to just like... The visual work of Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> like, well. quite possibly uh, Pokemon. <laughs> um, also, just find any documentary about hey. sleds. Shall we just actually finish this, though? Yeah. So, Stop um, planning around. She basically... Yeah. El- Elva, Elva catches you guys up on the story of the, how there were these 12 Sine. They created this thing. Maleficus wanted to use it to do something bad. The rest of them rose up against him and managed to lock him away, shattering the jam into pieces. They couldn't. 
destroyed those pieces, so they opted that the best thing to do was to just keep them apart. And they scattered them to the, all the corners of the world, and they constructed these temples to contain them for all time. And uh, you've lived through that part of the yeah, story. Yeah. So uh, she basically says, Maleficus is moving to the Crucible, which is the place where we made the focus gem that became the pieces. I don't know what he's planning to do there, but it can't be good. We've got to get the pieces together so we can destroy them. That's what she's figured out in her time away. She reveals the way that she's managed to stay alive for a thousand years is that she went into a sub-web inside the web where there were two layers of time dilation, uh, as we know how the web dilates time, and she's been in there basically trying to figure out a way to destroy the pieces. And she believes she can do it if she can bring them all together at the Crucible. She's so, listening to really slow French music the whole time as well. That just kind of goes... Yes. <laughs> so that's her point. She's like, we got to get the last piece here out of Luthor's temple, uh, which is where you are now, the Temple of Sky. We're going to get the piece and a few other bits and pieces that we need. We're going to get those, and then we're going to go to the Crucible. We're going to have to fight Maleficus, who's there. We're going to have to get the pieces together. We're going to have to destroy them. She's basically setting up her plan for how we're going to end this whole debacle here. There's a bit of back and forth about whether that's the smartest way to do it. We're not quite sure exactly how it's going to pan out, but that's the sort of rough sketch of um, her plan. We're going to go there, we're going to get the pieces, we're going to blow this shit up, we're going to get it done. Uh, Meanwhile, Garrick is attacked. Uh, Garrick and the entire rest of your friends at Hastings are attacked. Garrick gets captured, the rest of them get away. We don't know what happens to Andrea, who's there as well. You guys make it into the last room of the Temple of Sky. There are these two big, like, hard light, 60-foot-tall humanoid creatures that you've got to fight. You beat the, the three of you beat the shit out of one of them. Elva and Valeria take on the other. And then you arrive at this altar, which contains a bunch of... Well, we don't know, because we haven't got there yet. You nearly ruined it! No, the altar opens, and then the episode ends with a message from Elena saying that the thing that I already said. Hastings got attacked, Garrett gets away. Oh, Garrett gets captured, everyone else gets away. We don't know what happens to Andrea. She also um, then turns to camera and says, also watch the filmography of Christopher Nolan. Yes, which is an important part of the the canon of this story. But hey, that's it. You're up to date on HW Laid. Again, I would recommend if you're really vibing that and you want to know what's happening in the finale, like the next three to four episodes, I would go and listen to at least chapter 55. But, you know, really up to you. Get episode 19 while you're there. You like 19? Yeah. What was 19? Have a look. Oh, I'm not going to like the tripling incident or something. Triple, triple threats? threats. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh. That's one of the all-time classics. <laughs> Chapter 19, triple threats. Hey, um... That's the one that uh, got our network sponsored. By... Uh, Extreme Restraints. By what? <laughs> Extreme Restraints. They're a sex toy company that sponsored a lot of podcasts. Oh, anyway, okay. um, thanks so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed uh, whatever this is. The first episode of the finale, <laughs> Chapter 56, will be up... If everything goes according to plan, if everything goes according to plan, (laughs) next Friday, which is one week after this came out, Friday the 17th of January. If we do a tight little four-part finale, episode 60 could be just like a slow meandering look at what life is like after the end of the story. You know know what would also be tight, though? If we just push it for another, like... Nine episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stretch it out for another six months. Imagine if we finish it, the story really in episode 68 and then release a four minute, 20 second episode that is yes. the epilogue. Chapter yes. 69. <laughs> four minutes, 20 seconds long. All right. Um, uh, audience, just for you, I'm going to drag this finale out. <laughs> uh, uh, just for that. And All then right. Dukan has another flashback. <laughs> All right. 
wrap it up. We're doing it now. Farewell, goodbye, and good night. And good luck. We'll see you in episode 69. Hey! How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsom. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com. 